Should we do this thing? Deanna, we should do this thing. Let's do this thing. <sighs> I can't. Every, you're like, <laughs> I'm prepped and ready to go face. Every time is always very. I know, but now I exaggerate it just for you. For my sake. Yeah, just to make you giggle. Because yeah. I like to see you giggle. Are you a good witch? Or a bad bitch, bad bitch, bad bitch. I've been a rebel all my life. We will not remain hidden figures. We have names. Oh, if it's naughty to rule your lips, take your shoulders, take your hips, and let a lady confess I want to be there. I didn't kid you, did I? Well, now you know. Welcome to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. Hi. Hi. I'm nice Hannah. to have you back. Oh, I'm Deanna. <laughs> no, we did great. We did great? I, no, we didn't. But ben doesn't fine. think we did. Let's try it again. Welcome to Good Witches, Bad Bitches. What's up, ladies and gents? I'm Hannah. And all in between. God damn it. <laughs> I keep speaking at the same second that you decide to Deanna. continue. I'm Deanna. God damn. And we're your hosts through this uh, journey of women. This journey wild bride. Women's journeys. This is one of our worst Weirdest intros openings. that's ever. Yeah. Should we stick with it? I mean, I don't see why not. They, people who listen to this by now know what they're in for. Ben, why you shake your head at me? He's not. He's shrugging, going, I don't know. Keep it or not. It's up to you. He's he's leaving it to us. All right. Well, let's just uh, call it good. I feel pretty good. All right. Well, that's good, dude. This is a weekly podcast with a feminist leaning. I would say feminist leaning. It's not. It's just pure feminist. Yeah. We're not even leaning. We've fallen over. Yeah. Feminists yeah. fallen over. How could you not, though, when you've told the stories we've told? That's true. You know? That's true. When you hear the things that we've that We've we talk about researched. all types of women from all throughout history mm-hmm. who have done cool stuff and who've done some really crazy stuff, like yeah. sometimes kind of shitty stuff. Like our, our chronic beheader from last week. Yeah, she had a beheading <laughs> issue. <laughs> She, uh, she found some sense of fulfillment from beheadings. Yep. No good. Yep. But I understand. That's good. There's a sense of vengeance and justice. Yeah. It was important, you know? To her, sure. She was I'm glad that we are hundreds of years apart and when we are living. And that you're not French? Yeah. 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 Good, good. Before we launch into my person, you had something to read to me. I did, and I don't know if I'm going to read all of it because it's, I think, a little bit of an uh, an article that's kind of long. That's fine. But it's a, a Pop Sugar article that just came out, written by Maggie Ryan, and it's a skateboarding legend Peggy Oki on the Olympics and forty years of smashing gender expectations. And there's Fuck this yeah. really fucking awesome photo of her. Like, I just, I love it so much. Hell yeah. Um. So here we go. The team that revolutionized the sport of skateboarding in the 1970s may have been known as the Z-Boys, but they had one girl member, Peggy Oki. Yeah, they did. Her skating style and that of the Z-Boys as a whole was graceful, powerful, and unprecedented, emulating the effortless flow of a surfer on a wave. It was an organic combination that grew out of the team's love for surfing the Southern California swells, which translated to the concrete of deserted schoolyards and drained swimming pools, which became a low to the ground, gritty and mesmerizing form of skateboarding. 
They had some crazy style and high-flying tricks that would soon come to dominate the skating world, is the essence of what she's saying, revitalizing the sport and giving rise to the culture and competitions, including the X Games and, as of 2020, the Olympics that we oh. know today. Um, it was a heady moment for skateboarding, but one that was, at least to mainstream eyes, dominated by men. The lone girl on the Z-Boys team stood out as she skated to first place in women's freestyle at the 1975 Del Mar Nationals, where the Z-Boys made their competitive debut. Peggy Oki was a trailblazer on a team that was already changing the sport irrevocably, but that legacy and her particular hand in it wasn't at the forefront of her mind. At the Vans Black Rainbows exhibition in Los Angeles, Peggy told Pop Sugar that simply, quote, I was doing something I really loved doing. I didn't really think about the fact that, gee, I'm the only girl on the team. Where are my girlfriends or anything like that? I was just doing it. Still a teenager when she joined the Z-Boys, Peggy was used to making her way in a sports landscape mostly devoid of girls. I was riding Schwinn bicycles over dirt mounds back then, she said. For me to be in a male-dominated sport, it wasn't really new to me. The team's focus and energy wasn't necessarily on changing the sport forever, though that was the eventual outcome, but on skating the banks and pulling off moves and having a good time, she recalls. Aww. The sport hasn't stopped evolving since. In 2020, it will make its Olympic debut at the Tokyo Games, capping off a decades-long transition into mainstream sports and presenting the potential for even higher levels of popularity and visibility. That's crazy. Yeah. That it's finally going to be in the Olympics. Yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. Um, it's just, it seems very surreal. It's good though. I mean, just because of how much this, the sport has evolved over. It has. And, and it takes an incredible amount of finesse and skill. Yep. And athleticism. Yeah. So people are creating insane new tricks every day. Like, I don't know. You and, may as well. And, and doing more with them. Like I know with snowboarding and shit, it's like the more rotations and things and it's just yeah. all this stuff. It takes more skill yeah. to do. Uh, not that I'm any sort of expert on skateboarding <laughs> well, me neither, but. or snowboarding. Um, Peggy couldn't predict exactly what changes the Olympics would actually bring about for skateboarding as a sport and an industry. Quote, I'm not sure what it's going to do. I think it's going to spark some more curiosity. It'll be interesting to see how many people, after seeing these things in the Olympics, are going to go, well, I'm going to go out and buy a skateboard. It's something, it's fine. It's something that Peggy wanted to encourage in young girls especially. I think that young girls should try skateboarding or anything that seems like it's going to be something fun that they would be interested in doing. Fuck yes. She says. Skateboarding can be magical and it never really mattered who's doing it. Peggy's own legacy extends far beyond skateboarding. She's an environmental activist, passionate about protecting orcas, dolphins, and other whales. Aww. And even gave a wisdom-filled TED Talk on commercial whaling in 2016. She's a dedicated vegan. Ah! A rock climber. And an artist who paints dolphins and whales on her surfboards. Oh. At 63, she practices yoga daily and uh, she's rock climbing harder than she ever has. Damn. Keep reading for more photos of this certified badass who's still blazing trails both on the board and off. But she seems really cool. Yeah. I'm really glad that she's still like doing her thing and encouraging girls to skateboard. And they're and that they're recognizing her now, even in you know, we're going to the Olympics in 2020 with skateboarding, and someone took the time to go, hey, I know somebody who sort of helped pioneer some of that. Yeah, like that's really cool. She was the only young woman God. on this team of dudes. Do you imagine? Yes. I mean, yes, but you know, <laughs> like as her, just. I don't know, being the only one of her kind almost. Yeah. 
Are you a good witch? Or a bad bitch? Let us know by becoming a patron on, on our, our Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> oh no. Patreon is a service that helps content creators like ourselves keep the ship going and make sure that we're able to cover all the costs that uh, come along with doing our podcast. And the more patrons we get, hopefully the more content we can start creating exclusively oh, yeah. for patrons. Yes. So if you are interested in something like that, please become a patron so that we can start creating that content for you. Also, when you become a patron, you will get a shout out on our podcast and we will thank you personally on air. How exciting is that? Very exciting. Yeah, yeah. You can find us at patreon.com slash podcast. Tell me about a lady. All right, Deanna. Mm. Well... I got to prep for this one, right? Should I take like a good swig of this day drink? Take a good swig. I think that you are really going to, I think you're really going to like this person. Steal yourself too, because you said you were probably going to cry. I might cry a little bit. Um, so today, as obviously some of you listening probably know, it is September 11th. Yep. And I kind of wanted to do something related specifically to the events of September 11th, 2001. Really? mm -hmm. Okay. And because I was like, you know, I was thinking about what a catastrophe that day was and how chaotic and horrifying it must have been and how I wanted to know what the female contribution was to that day. I mean, it's one of those days where it's like every every generation sort of has like I know where I was when I found out that JFK was assassinated. Yes. I know where I was when I found out MLK was assassinated. I know where I was when the Challenger explosion happened. Right. I know where I was when September 11th. Yep. Happened. Yeah. And since being in New York, I've talked to a lot of people who were here that day mm-hmm. and who had their own responses and their own things that they went through. Um, in dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up just Googling, like, women September 11th, and I came across um, Brenda Berkman, who I had never heard of before, but Mm -hmm. you really should know her name. So I'm excited to tell you about her because I just, like, I don't know. She did some really incredible things. Is she a firefighter? (gasps) Deanna. Is she? She is. Did I, like, happen to mention her in that article about women fighter fighter firefighters in New York? Possibly. Maybe. That name is just so familiar. Mm-hmm. I know nothing of her story, so but I'm, the name is familiar. I have some good expansion on it. But, yes, you may have talked about her. Um, in passing. In passing. So she, my, my, um, my sources are pbs.org, brainpickings.org, uh, nyu.edu, Wikipedia and um, that looks like that looks like it. So I kind of stole this little bit from PBS, but the story of women firefighters in New York City begins in 1977. As New York City emerged from financial crisis, the New York City Fire Department lifted an 11 year hiring freeze and began advertising for new recruits. Yep. With the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the FDNY was legally required to allow women to apply for the job of firefighter for the first time in history. Legally required to allow them. Yes. It wasn't even like you have to hire them. Yep. You're just, you you can't go, we don't want you applying. 
Right. Exactly. That's and insane. It, it's funny that you hit on that because, like, that obviously plays kind of a large part in Brenda's story. Um, the, the FDNY reacted <laughs> to that ruling by unveiling a new firefighter entrance exam, one that the New York City Assistant Personal Director described as, quote, the most arduous test we have ever given to anyone. <sighs> So, when 90 out of 400 eligible women took the new physical test, all of them failed. Brenda Berkman, a marathon runner and third-year law student at New York University, was among them. So, we'll go all back. All of these women failed the test because they made it so arduous. That, yes. Yes. That women couldn't pass it? Mm-hmm. How many men passed it is what I want to well, know. Well, a lot of the men were already firefighters, and they Got didn't it. have to. Right. So, okay, <laughs> cool, 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 cool. That's Fun. kind of that yep. that thing. So when when Brenda entered the NYU law school at the height of the feminist movement, she found herself seated next to a young man who was a quote fire buff, a person that she defines as someone who may or may not be a firefighter, but knows everything about the fire department. And around that time, she began running marathons. Who? And that's a thing? That's a thing. Okay. Well, and that was a thing for her. I mean, I guess she must have encountered enough people that she could have a term. <coughs> you know, she could have a term for, for that kind of person. Fire buff. Fire buff. And around that time, Fire she began... Firefighter fanboy. Yeah. She began running marathons and discovering the strength of her own physical being. Mm. And these two new strands of thought, you know, sitting next to this, quote, fire buff, and then also realizing that she her she herself was strong... Um, she was like, well, hey, maybe I will become a firefighter now that they've lifted this this restriction. Right. So that year, her first year of law school, the firefighter test opened for women, technically, for the first time. Um, but there was a cruel twist. This was also Ugh. the year that New York City instituted the harshest physical abilities test ever required. Which included a number... What a coincidence. Yeah. It included a number of physical tasks that had little to do with what it actually takes to fight fires. Like what? I, I don't know. I didn't actually look up what, what the test entailed. But um, she, was, <clears throat> she was physically fit. Like, she was physically capable of doing it. And she knew this because she used to carry her husband up and down the stairs to train for this test because she knew that if she was ever a firefighter, one of the things she might have to do was carry unconscious people out of burning buildings. And so, <laughs> yes. And my so right she now. was like, I can't even imagine trying to carry my boyfriend who weighs zero pounds <laughs> up and down a flight of stairs. Presumably Brenda's a smaller woman than myself because I'm larger than most women height-wise. I don't know her height, but she's, I mean, she's buff. Like, of course she is. Obviously. Definitely more buff than me, but I even so. Yeah, I mean, she was like, to prepare for that test, she did things that she knew as a firefighter she would have to do mm -hmm. and made sure she was physically capable of doing it. Right. And so to fail that test means that it wasn't actually testing them on on that shit you know what was it testing on if you have a uterus or or not so this test is bullshit so you think about that she took uh and aced the written portion of the test but she failed the physical and she was in great shape <laughs> and she was in great shape and she had trained doing the things she knew she would have to do she could carry her husband up and down multiple flights of stairs yes in new york 
So you think about that. Like, she's probably using her apartment building, and she's taking him up and down the stairs of their apartment building. Oh, my God. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't sound fun. That sounds horrible. She was willing to do it, because she was like, I'm going to have to know how to do this. Because she's more altruistic than myself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she has a different calling. Arguably. Arguably. Different calling. Different calling. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So it was clear that the physical test was designed to keep women out. Um, then it actually was... Gee, why? Yeah, it wasn't, like, designed to assess job-related skills. It was just designed to make sure women couldn't do it. Um, so, Cause Brenda... sexism. Because sexism. That's it. There's literally no other reason. No! It's just a pure, like, well, women wouldn't... They just wouldn't be good at doing this. And it's like, yeah, but what about really strong women? But you know like, what's you wouldn't crazy? Just, you wouldn't just let any old man walk in off the street and be a firefighter. So you wouldn't let any old woman walk off the street and be a firefighter either. But it's crazy to me that they they knew they had to change the test to keep women out. That's telling. That is telling. You know what I mean? The fact yeah. that they that they thought they knew women would ace the test as it was and so they had to change it. And that's wow. like that that says you know women are capable enough to do it and you just don't want them there. Period. Right. Which is more sinister to me than just, like, them, you know, blustering about women not not being involved. Like, because the fact they that knew you had that to they make could do it. it unless they yeah. changed the restriction. Which I'm sure actually also made it harder for dudes. Oh, yeah. I just don't think that, like, they clearly had a large enough force at the time. So Brenda approached her law professor, Laura Sager, who was an experienced litigator in the fields of employment law. And said, what the fuck? Yeah. And and was like, will you help me figure out what to do here? Um, and she said. Bullshit. Yeah. She said not a single one of the 90 women who passed the written exam passed the physical one. I needed to do something about that. None of us were asking that the standard be lowered merely because we were women. We were asking that the standards be job related and that the women be given given a fair opportunity. Yeah. Um, I sued maintaining that the exam was not job related and that it discriminated against women. So when. What year was this that she was doing this? Um, 78, okay. I believe. Right. So it was it was the year or, or a couple of years after they opened the exam, quote unquote, opened the exam. Um, We're legally required to allow women to try. Yeah. So when requests for a fairer exam fell on deaf ears at the FDNY, um, the chief of personnel for for New York City, quote, practically laughed in our face, she says. Um, She asked Sager to represent her in what would become a contentious and highly publicized class action lawsuit, Brenda Berkman, at all versus the city of New York. And finally in 1982, so several years later, a federal judge ruled that the test was indeed discriminatory and a new one must be developed. Whoa. Thank God. So that year, Brenda and about 40 other women entered the fire academy. Because they finally actually passed the test. And when they graduated, it was finally fair. It was finally fair. And when they graduated, they became the first female firefighters in the history of New York City. Yep. She said 82 in 82. All right. And she had to testify that if she won her lawsuit, she would quit the practice of law and become a firefighter because the city was alleging that she was 
a, just, you know, some female lawyer in, in her feminist blah, blah, blah. Bringing, doing it for the principal, not because that's was her real calling. Yes, that she was doing it as a stunt for the cool. feminist cause, blah, 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 whatever. Don't we hear that all the time? Mm-hmm. But she went it. She went in. She did it. She passed the written. Obviously, she'd already done that. And then she passed the she physical. She could carry her husband up and down stairs. She was a marathon runner. She was super fit. Like, she could have done whatever they needed her to do. I keep hitting the mic. Don't hit the mic. Okay. It didn't do anything to you. Ah. And, um, yeah. So she finally entered the academy. It was. It took her basically all of law school. Like, she completed law school. God. In that time. Also, this woman is a fucking lawyer and a firefighter. Uh-huh. Yep. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> We're talking about her so that other people know her, what she did. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, she had a fucking rough go of it. Yeah. She was she was constantly harassed, discriminated against. She had a lot of people who were supposed to be her partners in this who wanted her to be gone. They God didn't want her on the this women course. Who had to go through this shit. Yeah. And she so was So that other women now today could have less of a hard time. I'm sure they still face discrimination based off of yeah. gender well, they presentation. Have to. I mean, right now, if you think about this, in in the last couple of years New York City had 52 female firefighters in a force of 10,000. Yeah. I mean, it's still a... a, You're right. That's why my thing was a good intro, because it was about Mm -hmm. being uh, one of the few women in a male-dominated... Yep. 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 Cool. Still very male-dominated. Yep. Which makes sense to a degree, but I feel like... Well, the test is still still hard. The yes. test is still very physical. And a lot of people in New York come to New York to, for the arts. You know, they're not doing it to become a firefighter necessarily. Uh, I don't know. The, so there is still quite a dearth of women in the in the New York City firefighting yeah. department. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure you're right that they still experience a lot of discrimination to this day. Sure, but it's probably not quite to the degree of the pioneering women who were the first firefighters. Right who had to put up with a bunch of dudes who straight up were like, oh, that's cute. You think you can be a fireman? Yeah. Yep. And this is crazy. Less than a year after she joined the academy that she became a firefighter, she was fired for alleged lack of physical ability. (laughs) Coming back to that. Even though her performance was consistently in the top tier of every task the fire department had given the women in the department. Excuse me? When she returned to her firehouse on the Lower East Side to collect her belongings, the male firefighters would not speak to her. As she exited in silence, they clapped as she left. Far more heartbreaking for Brenda than the demonstrative humiliation, however, was the fact that she was no longer allowed to wear the uniform, which she had fought so hard to wear. Oh, my God. So, later... Oh, my God! <laughs> okay. Sorry. It gets better. I get the mic again. It gets better, but, like, you know, that sucks to have to fucking deal with that. Like, you fought for four years to get the right to just be in the firehouse alongside these people who are fighting fires, and then they are oh, so offended shit. by your presence that they do everything in their power to make sure you have to leave. No. 
Fuck that noise. So later. It's amazing that she even wanted to be there at all. That my personality, if I felt that unwelcome. Oh, yeah. I would be like, fine, bye. Yeah. But she's like, no. Right. She had the tenacity to say, fuck you. Yep. I'm going to show you that I'm worth it. You know, it's funny. She Uh, talked a lot about, in in a lot of these articles, she talked about her, when she was a kid, she joined Little League. But she she joined Little League sight unseen. You know, you sign up when you're a kid, and then the school year starts, and you show up for practice, and it's like, yay, I'm so excited to be on this Little League baseball team as a 12-year-old kid. When her coach realized that she was not a boy, like she showed up and they were like, hey, there's a girl on this team. They would not let her play. The name Brenda didn't give it away? Who fucking knows? They got, they they let her get there and then they were like, oh no, this won't do. You're not a boy, you're a girl. So you can't play Little League. And ever since then, she kind of harbored this, this, you know, sort of trauma around being told she wasn't allowed to do something simply because she wasn't a boy. Wow. And I think that that, having that happen so early on really made an impact for her. It made a difference. Sure. And it it meant that she was stubborn and ambitious. And when they fired her from the fire department, she said, fuck that. Yeah. And together with another woman who had been fired under the same pretext, she sued the city and they got their jobs back. Yeah, this is what happens when you fire a lawyer. <laughs> Right. Like, they know it's wrong. They know you aren't actually allowed to do that. Yeah. And that you have no legal precedent for that. So, yeah, she won the lawsuit. And she was assigned to a new firehouse in Harlem. Oh. And went on to serve her city for a quarter century before she retired with three citations of honor pinned to her captain's uniform. So she got one of the highest ranks. I know. God damn. Don't cry. One for a difficult fire in a tenement, which was a citation the still embittered men in the department wanted to decline because her name was on it. They didn't want to give it to her simply because it was going to a woman. What is this pride bullshit? Dumb. So fucking dumb. God. Um, Because they would never for a male (laughs) co-worker. They would never. Mm -mm. No, you rescued people from a burning building? Here's a medal. Oh, but you're a woman? Nah. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed now. I know. So her, her second one was for a construction collapse during her tenure as lieutenant. And the third was for her work at the World Trade Center on 9-11, where oh she arrived as an off-duty firefighter just as the second tower was collapsing. I feel like I, I've heard lots of stories from uh, people who live here who know people who all first responders whether or not they were on duty if they were nearby they went right which is insanely brave Uh. yeah well i mean especially if you're a firefighter (laughs) you're doing it because you know there's a great need you're not doing it for the money you're not doing it for anything else you're doing it because you know at some point people are going to need you and if you're there you have the training and the experience to be able to help yep so if you're around you're gonna go it's like doctors on airplanes when there's a medical emergency Mm -hmm. they're not getting paid to help (laughs) right right they just go because they're one of the few people on board who know what to do yep and they trained knowing that they might be that person someday they're there for emergencies 
And yep. when you have a massive emergency on that scale, that's you're one of the few people who has the qualifications to go in and handle that with any sense of, of uh, sanity or calm. Yeah. Yep. To not panic and know what to do. Yep. And that was her. I mean, that was uh, her. That was a lot of people on 9-11, but that was her too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, in the aftermath of that tragedy, which killed... 343 members of the FDNY in a single day. Wow. She had to contend not only with the deaths of close friends and colleagues and catastrophic disarray within the ranks of the organization, but also with the painful sting of what she perceived as renewed sexism toward women during uh, working on the rescue and recovery efforts. What? Though three female first responders, Port Authority PD Captain Kathy Maza, 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 Um, EMT Yamel Marino and NYPD officer Moira Smith died at ground zero. Berkman was dismayed to find that most accounts seem to acknowledge only the heroism of the firemen and policemen on the scene. But literally why? In news coverage where Berkman (laughs) said she expected to see, quote, an inspiring story of how all of New York had pulled together on 9-11 and afterward to try and save and help people, She found instead that women in that narrative were often, quote, relegated to more traditional and stereotypical roles as widows and nurses and volunteers. Uh, There was little to no acknowledgement of the women like her who, as emergency responders, were doing exactly the same thing on the ground that the men were doing. She remembers receiving calls from perplexed female firefighters from all over the country who turned into the news from New York Uh, where 2,000 NYPD and Port Authority police officers joined more than 214 FDNY units in the rescue and immediately wondered, where were the women? Through the gendered lens of history being written in real time, Berkman recalls that women didn't get to be the, quote, heroes of 9-11, who rushed there, who stayed there, and who did their jobs, even at the risk to their own lives. You okay? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. You have actually rendered me speechless. <laughs> I'm so upset. <laughs> yeah. But, but, because this shit happened. We remember this day. And you're right. All the images. And it. But, so. But, and not to take away from the heroism of the men on that day, because they were also heroic. Everyone was. But but fuck, dude. But there were women there, too. When I Googled, you know, I tried Googling at first women during 9-11 or, you know, women responders, blah, blah, blah. And the thing that came up the most was a photo of a woman covered in dust. They call her, I think they called her dust, the dust lady. And oh, yeah, she was exactly somebody what who. what image you're talking about. Exactly. She was like, she had gone to work as an she accountant was an office that day. Worker, yeah. And came out of this building covered head to toe in dust. And she actually passed away a few years ago, I think from cancer. But that's the only real account. When you Google women of 9-11, that's kind of the first thing that comes up. Um, was a survivor, a victim. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of the attack. Yep. So Brenda Berkman has been working to correct in the many commemorations since then that omission. Mm-hmm. Um, and September 2016 at Tamament, which I don't actually know what that is, but 
excuse me, I assume that's somewhere near the ground zero area. She led a 15th anniversary roundtable discussion with other female first responders, as well as utility and construction workers who also worked for months at ground zero, often at risk to their own health. Um, Since her retirement, Berkman has been leading tours through the 9-11 Tribute Center, which employs survivors, family members of those killed, and first responders as guides Mm. who share personal accounts of their experiences at the World Trade Center. Wow. Yeah, I didn't didn't know that 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 was a thing. Yeah. So she's been doing that since 2005 or 6, I think, whenever she um, retired. Mm. Though, of course, it's difficult for her to talk about what she experienced. I mean, it was it was a hugely traumatic experience. (laughs) When you think on the scale of trauma that humans can experience, that's a pretty big one. It's a pretty fucking big one. That's an understatement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, she had basically she had taken the day off to volunteer for a local political candidate. I did not look up which one on election day and was and soon joined the other off-duty Brooklyn firefighters in heading directly to the Trade Center where the scene was dangerously chaotic to say the least. Yeah. Um, She says my main concern was not losing the guys who were with me. Um, I was in command of this group and I had nobody to command me and all I could think was this is what Vietnam must have been like. You're just out there in your little groups and you're left to fend for yourself. There was no structure, there was no organization, and there was no equipment. Yeah. And she was their captain. I just got like a whole shiver up my spine. (laughs) Yeah. Fully up my whole spine. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Sorry. No, it's true. It's like, it's kind of the appropriate response. Like this weird shiver where you just, you're imagining her. It's haunting. You know, she's off duty she's volunteering for something entirely else and she sees the twin towers falling and she runs that direction gathers her people and she's just like well there's no one telling me what to do so i'm gonna do what i can hopefully but i don't know what anyone else is doing such an interesting personality type within humanity where you see a situation where you are likely to die Mm mm-hmm and it's chaos. Yep. People, like our biological instinct is to run from that. Fight or flight. It exists for a reason. And you train every day when you are training for positions like this to ignore your fight or flight. Yes. To retrain your fight or flight that to take you toward the chaos instead of away from the chaos. Oh my God. You retrain your entire basic instinct, <laughs> you know, to, to go toward the death toward the destruction and that was brenda berkman so she retired a couple of years later but you know that was that was one of the things she received a commendation for so as a 20-year veteran firefighter she attended her share of line of duty funerals but nothing could have prepared her or the department for a disaster of this magnitude She said, it wasn't just losing all of these people at one time. It was also people injured, people who retired, huge turnover, and then a lot of people who got promoted all at once. It was very disruptive to the organization. And because we were so focused at first on the recovery effort down at the Trade Center, that it was difficult to focus on the other aspects of our emergency responsibilities. 
15 years later, we still have these scars from 9-11, obviously. I think it will be, yeah, I think it will be generation before, generations before those disappear, if ever. Um, She retired in 2005, and she founded and became the first president of the United Women Firefighters, um, which is an organization still, which is an organization still uh, in practice today. She won the Susan B. Anthony Award from the National Organization for Women and was appointed a White House Fellow by President Bill Clinton. Interesting. Yeah. And now in retirement and uh, obviously... That had to have happened before 9-11, though. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Bill Clinton. Yeah. I don't know. That was just the little... Or can you be... I don't know what that means, being a White House Fellow. Yeah. Like, can former presidents do that? That's something former presidents can do? Because maybe it was after 9-11. I don't know. I don't know. She might might have been appointed a White House fellow before that, and this article organized it in a weird way. Or or past presidents can do it. Who knows? We'll see. We'll figure it out. Okay. All right. So the the commendation came in 1996 when she was 44. So this article just listed it with some other things that she did cool. That she did cool? That she did cool. Um, Now... I find this super interesting. She's an artist. She's a photographer. She does a lot of art that is designed to sort of bring awareness to sexism in her industry and other industries. Oh, shit. Yep. That's always been her thing. I think she's always been very focused on making sure that women are allowed to do things that they weren't allowed to do for a long time. Yeah. So she said... I think that for women of my generation, having grown up in the 1950s, we'd reached a point where we were tired of people saying to us, you can't do that because you're a girl. We saw that women ahead of us had struggled to get women the right to vote, the right to practice law and practice medicine, the right to go to college and follow their dreams. We had seen how other women ahead of us really fought for gains and we were the beneficiaries of. So it didn't make sense for me to give up just because some people were resisting change. I discovered that I not only could do the job. inspirational today. Yeah. I I not only could do the job, but I also had a passion for it. Um, And then there are two other quotes that I I thought I might end on. Um, I think that girls and young women should know that while it may not always be easy, it's valuable to not take no for an answer. It helps open the doors to others in the future, and it not only helps women and girls to have these stereotypes broken down, it helps boys and men too. Of course it does. Of course it does. That's the thing I wish I could pound into the brains (laughs) of dudes who are like, I'm not a feminist, but I think women should be equal to men. And you're like, Okay, so you're a feminist. And they're like, no. What? (laughs) That's what feminism means. Well, I also think, I mean, I think the thing that's been so much, so interesting in the conversation recently is that, like, feminism benefits men, too. Yes. And that's a huge part of it. Because it's not about men. It's about a patriarchal system, which doesn't benefit men on the whole because it places expectations on them and and devalues them and their emotions like this whole the whole thing that like men can't control themselves like i think more highly of men than that (laughs) right like what are you saying right 
you're an animal? Because I don't actually believe that that's true. And I don't believe that of men. Um, Ultimately. Yeah. So... Teach them better. She says, Nobody, whether you're a boy or girl, should be forced into a box just because you happen to be born one gender or the other. I'm proud to have proud to have helped to offer the people of the city of New York a greater number, namely 50% of the population, to have as firefighters who can serve their communities. Mm. And finally, even at the beginning of my career, my fire department uniform symbolized my right and all women's right to be a firefighter. Brenda. And that's Brenda Berkman. Can we meet her? <laughs> Maybe. She's in the city. I wish we could have had her on. I know. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Brenda. Brenda, are you Brenda, listening to this? Brenda, we stand. Brenda. We love you. Brenda. We stand. She's amazing. Yeah. I mean, women are firefighters in New York pretty much because she was like, fuck this shit. I'm lawyerly enough to know that this isn't lawyerly. right. You like that word? I did. Thank you. It's like you're a writer. <gasps> what? So, yeah. Dude. And that's my, I mean, that's also a September 11th story. Yeah, dude. You know? Which segs right into On This Day in History. It does. It does. I did, I, I. Um, Fuck. I pasted a couple other things in here besides the obvious the obvious um but yeah it is september 11th so do you want to hear some on the stage yeah yeah you here for question? that okay. that's why i'm here <laughs> that's why you're here ladies and on this day okay well i i'm gonna keep it i I'm just going to keep it kind of sparse just to get to the, the obvious brief, one. Girl. Keep it brief. 1875, um, the first new newspaper cartoon strip was published in the U.S. That feels late to me. 1875. All right. Yeah, I don't know. 1923, I just thought this was funny because I like dirigibles. Dirigibles? Dirigibles. Dirigibles. I never know how to pronounce Dirigibles. it. I say dirigibles. Uh, 1923, ZR1, the biggest active dirigible, flies over <laughs> New York's tallest skyscraper, Woolworth Tower. I thought this was interesting. 1940, Hitler begins Operation Sea Lion, which was his ultimately aborted invasion of England. Weird name, I think. <laughs> It's Weird name. Very strange. Very, and then he very decided strange. against it. Cause... Yeah, well, I think England was a little more powerful than he was prepped to take on. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that asshole. Yeah. Yeah, pretty it was much. A real piece of work, that man. Yeah. Ooh, putting it lightly. Um, oh, yeah. I thought this was pertinent. 1941, construction of the Pentagon begins in Arlington County, Virginia. Interesting. Yep. Yep, completed in January 15th, 1943. Wow. Yeah. Um, 1951, Florence Chadwick becomes the first woman to swim, swim the English Channel from England to France. It takes 16 hours and thir uh, nope, 19 minutes. 2001, two passenger planes hijacked by Al-Qaeda crashed into New York's World Trade Towers, causing the collapse of both 
of both and deaths of 2,606 people. Ugh. What a day that was. Yeah. At the same time, um, United Airlines Flight 93 uh, crashed in Pennsylvania, the Pentagon, after passengers in there tried to take control back of the plane from terrorists who had taken taken it with, you know, box cutters and whatnot. And all 64 people on board perished in that crash. Uh, 2002. Well, yeah, it's super uplifting. 2002, through extreme and coordinated effort, the Pentagon is rededicated after repairs are completed exactly one year after the attack. Yeah, I can't believe it only took a year. I think they did that on purpose. On purpose, yeah. yeah. Um, and then just a couple others. 2011, Occupy Wall Street, which I kind of thought was important because that was a big. That was a big deal. Big movement. Mm -hmm. And 2012 attacks on the U.S. diplomatic compounds in Benghazi. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone isn't sure what Benghazi is, uh, about 150 Islamic militants attacked two different U.S. diplomatic buildings in the city with gunfire, grenades, and mortars. Four Americans, including U.S. Ambassador J. Christopher Stevens, died in the attack. The incident led to political controversy in the country, especially related to the statements made by Hillary then Secretary, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. On a completely and totally irreverent note, do you want to know what I'm excited about? I do. It's fully silly. Good. Please. I am so excited because this Friday, the Friday that uh, this episode drops, the movie Hustlers is coming out. Oh, shit. Really? And I'm fucking excited for that movie. Yeah. It looks like a real good time. Remind me what it's about. It's about uh, strippers who (laughs) steal money from a bunch of Wall Street assholes. Yes. And it's based on a true story. And I know that that's like shit that Cardi B has been known to do when she worked as an exotic dancer. She would get men so intoxicated that she could steal money from them. Oh, fuck. And people want to judge her for that. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, calm down. Yeah, whatever. Like, but I'm, I'm actually really excited. I keep seeing things about it in my Instagram feed and I'm ready. And I love so many of the women in that cast. Like J-Lo, obviously, duh. Constance yeah. Wu. I have mixed feelings about her in, oh, for some reasons. Uh, but like Lizzo's in it. Lily oh, Reinhardt's yeah. in it. Yeah, Fucking yeah. Kiki Palmer, who I adore, is in it. Come on. This movie's going to be so fun. You're not seeing this without me. No. I will be out of town this weekend. Oh, bitch, don't do it. But I won't go see it because okay, I won't you. have time. Thank you. And then my birthday. <gasps> so we can see it for your birthday? Yeah, let's see it for my birthday. Okay. Okay. And on that note. On that note. Follow us on social media. Say hello. We're on uh, all forms of social media pretty much at GWBB Podcast. Email us gwbbpodcast at gmail.com. Be our patron. Patreon.com slash GWBB Podcast. Or if you don't want to be a monthly subscriber, you can give us a one-time donation on our Ko-Fi. K-O-F-I slash GWBB Podcast. Come on. Yep. Yep. Options, people. Options. We want to make sure we can give you all the options possible to love and support us, whether that be through words of validation or monetarily, so we can keep our mics on. <laughs> and those of you who and already do, thank you. Things. And we have the best patrons. We do. Okay, I need to shut up. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. We love you. Peace out, witches. Bye. Bye. listening to good witches bad bitches thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it good witches bad bitches is hosted by deanna greif me you and you (laughs) hannah ferguson and we're produced by benjamin garst um you can find us on itunes stitcher spotify google play google play pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcasts you can find us there we're also on social media you can find us on instagram and twitter and facebook gwbb podcast you can also email us at gwbbpodcast at gmail.com we love to receive emails if you have a story about a woman in your life that you want to hear on air uh shoot it over to us we would love to read it if you want to help keep us running you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash gwbb podcast <laughs> become a patron and help us you know pay for our hosting yeah patreon really helps content creators be able to continue to create their content and it just kind of helps us break even on the costs of producing this podcast and it would be really awesome if you wanted to help out if you like it you can be a part of it also to help us out you can rate review and subscribe all of the all of those things are extremely helpful for us they help other listeners find us yeah. Word of mouth, also good. Yeah. <laughs> our website is gwbbpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there as well as some other things bubbling out of our witchy cauldron. Good Witches, Bad Bitches is powered by Moon Bounce. Moon Bounce.